0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from whichever part of the world you're listening in from. This is What The Fuck Africa with Bixie and Grania, and this is Bixie, of course. Welcome to this brand new season, and this pilot episode of this new season dubbed Tales from Western Europe. And that is so because I will be taking perspective based on, you know, the point of view I've been exposed to during my time in Western Europe. And, you know, for the pilot episode, I thought, why don't we talk about monsters so this episode is how much do the things we consume the evil we consume we watch listen to and read affect us in our actual lives can we truly separate fiction from reality and we shall be getting deep into that amongst other things so you know stay tuned and um soon enough we shall be having a patreon just uh, don't forget to like subscribe rate and review uh, drop a comment leave a voice note whatever and follow us on our socials at bixie and at grania and you know let's get into today's episode um yeah that's it have an amazing time let's come with open minds find a comfortable place to sit and listen and you know yeah that's about it so let's get into the theme song. The relationship segment a relationship talk as usual uh this is the part if you're new here this is the part where <laughs> a very single woman gives relationship perspective which is interesting you know because you don't hear that very often nothing pretentious here i'm just you know sharp thoughts like i said earlier oh ah, yeah so today's relationship segment i have a very simple a predicament I find myself in, which is relationship power dynamic. So growing up, uh, everyone here knows if anyway, if you know me, anyway, I grew up in Africa. And the thing about Africa is we, in spite of all the colonial, whatever they did to our culture, some values remain true to us. And one of those values is African tradition culture, customs, tribes, Um I have in my culture, for example, my tribe, we have tribal names that are unique to each tribe. We have pet names because I am from the West, Western Uganda, and I belong to the Bantu ethnic group under the Banyoro people. So I do have a pet name, which is Avoli, which means cat. I don't even know why. Uh yeah th- just just to give you a general idea and each tribe has its own dialect its own language which is something that's super insane I saw on Google the other day that it's estimated that Africa has 2000 languages spoken how about that Um yeah we have over 2000 languages spoken each language has its own dialect its own intonation its own everything that is completely wild Now with that in mind if we have 2000 languages, that means 2000 different cultures and 2000 different customs. But even then, if you're a believer in history like I am, the correct history anyway, not the, you know, the, the, the soft and easy to digest history that's out there, I'm talking about actual archaeological facts. According to a man called Dr. Lewis Leakey, He discovered the earliest skull of early man in Tanzania at a place called Odvai Gorge. And this was named Zingathropas, the earliest man to ever exist. Which means it's very possible that most of mankind originated from Zingathropas. Now, with that, with all that I've said, what I'm trying to get to is that in spite, in spite of our differences that as humans we continuously try to be different which i can't be more correct in especially during these times everyone's trying to be different oh but i'm different because this and this i'm different because i want you to call me like this i want you to refer to me like this because i identify as this blah 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 we still have some things that remain central to us and one of those things ladies and gentlemen is in gender Gender identity, gender equality, which is something you know, that's a different debate, that's a debate for another day. But what I'm talking about in today's relationship talk is that in relationships, who wears the pants? Okay, um, usually it's the man, and I don't care if you're a feminist, I'm speaking facts here. I'm um, usually it's them, what I've seen anyway. Um, back home it's the man why because traditionally the man fends for the family traditionally the man goes to work traditionally the man earns money takes care of the kids pays school fees and without foreign intervention by the way traditionally the woman had one job and one job only okay not one job but that was to be a mother her job in ancient africa You know, the man would wake up in the morning, go and hunt and get food. And the woman would stay at home, take care of the kids, clean the house, prepare food, wash the clothes, look after the the livestock. Because, you know, we had the Banyoro people, we had cattle before. I don't want it to get dark anyway. This is supposed to be a nice thing. So, like, take care of the livestock and things like that and the man would just come back home to be fed uh to be worshipped and to sleep with his wife to to put that bluntly and i am not in any way glorifying that you know it's not i'm not part of that nonsense i see on tiktok where women say oh i wish you could go back to the olden times where women had to stay at home and we didn't have to work i'm not going to lie i have my lazy days i have days where i do not want to do anything but As we glorify the past, it's important that we are informed about the past. Now in the past, while women's only job was to be beautiful, to be honest, to be beautiful and fruitful, they were also being belittled because that was their only job. Do you know what I mean? If the man fends for the family and is the reason you have everything you have, why should he respect you? The same way your parents, when you're a child, don't need to, risk I wouldn't say respect, respect is not the right word. When you're a child living under your parents' roof, your parents have the power to do absolutely anything to you. They have the power to influence your life choices, the things that you do. Why? Because they are 100% the reason you have every single thing that you have. That is a fact now in such a society where man takes care of a woman it was all it was that's that's how it had been done that's what our ancestors told us that's how it it is like there is no debate about that you're born as soon as you have your first period out of your father's house you go get married we didn't have school we had informal education but you know the missionaries told us it was evil so we stopped that we started going to school as we went to school we started getting exposed to perspective perspective that said you know you're more than just a wife you're more than just a mother you have the ability to read these books become a surgeon and make people better you have the ability to read these books become a lawyer become someone great and we put these ideas out there which is you know arguably a good thing because it sprung the empowerment of women now women got empowered fine They got empowered, they started working. We started to see a balance in the home structure, a balance in such a way that a man would feel the need to consult with his wife. Because in the past, and I can say this because I've heard stories about my great grandmothers because the African society is very polygamous traditionally, you know, before the missionaries told us it was evil, And, you know, I'm just going to say this. This is really funny because the missionaries told us, oh, polygamy is evil. And now we have people saying I'm polyamorous, which is just a fancy word for polygamy. But, you know, let's not get into that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, in the past, I've had stories from my great grandmothers who tell me that my husband would just come home with a duke wife and that's that. And when he brings a new wife it's the woman's duty to initiate this wife into the customs of that household. How the man wants to be treated, what kind of food he likes, what he wants. The man was good. Now when empowerment came around men realized it's not economically wise for me to have many wives because they're going to have so many kids I'm not going to have enough money because now the needs changed in the past the needs was do do my kids have food to eat am I am I fending for them that was all that mattered but now you have your friends buying a plot of land building a house buying a car suddenly that becomes your priority as well oh my god I also need to get a car I need to get a house so if I want to get a car I want to get a house I can Only afford to have one wife and one family, it's an issue of affordability and not a morality thing, is what I'm trying to say. But all this, I'm saying, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, trust me. Uh, yeah, so after that happened after empowerment happened the men started to find it's okay to consult with my wife this is something I've seen in the house I grew up in in the house I grew up in if my father wants to buy a plot of land he will say to my mother hey I want to buy this plot of land do you think it's wise to invest in this venture do you think we should do this and this because they have a sense of equality because he feels that they are at par intellectually they can intellectually stimulate themselves. My mother is not just a symbol of motherhood and of beauty. She is more than that. That's what I'm trying to say. So with that in mind, with that empowerment in mind and with the current evolution in family structure in mind, what am I getting to now? My previous question was who wears the pants in the relationship and I gave you this whole vast background about why the man with a pant in a relationship in the era of single parenthood, where it's fancy and cool to be a single parent. I'm not talking about that a single parents because their partner is dead or because their partner is a liability. That's what I'm saying. Please do not take my words out of context. I'm saying where it's independence to be a single woman, where we have artificial dissemination, we have spam banks and spam donors. To be honest right now, I could just go to a spam bank, you know, artificially inseminate myself and have a child happy days. I don't need a man for that. With empowerment, we can see women not needing to take abuse anymore because they know I can do it myself. But even then, even then, one of the things about one of the things I find so interesting about humankind is the concept of society. No matter how much we want to pretend that we are progressive some things remain true to society like no matter what ridiculous progressive ideas we come up with there is always a percentage of society that's going to remain true to the past because you can't just erase the past like it didn't happen Hmm. so with that empowerment and with that education that women began to get i have seen and i can speak on this because i have seen it and i have perspective i have seen women graduate uni if you want to call it or college have bachelor number one bachelor number two masters phd this is a very educated decorated scholar so much to offer to this world and People will still ask you, oh, when are you going to have a child? Because, you know, when you, when you travel back home in, on, over Christmas, family reunion or whatever, the relatives back in the village, in the countryside who are living a much more conservative life, don't give a shit that you have a PhD. They don't give a, they simply do not give a shit that you have a PhD, that you have a master's. That is none of their concern. They want to know where is your child? Because to them, that is a measure of worth. That is a measure of success. So I have seen, I have seen women decorated academically, super intelligent, very eloquent, very well-spoken, marry, and it always happens this way. I'm yet to see, I am yet to see two equally intellectual people that think alike, and this is a sad thing, but... I used to read Greek mythology a lot. And according to Greek mythology, um, the man, I mean, Cupid, the god of love, he created, uh, I mean, originally humans had four limbs, I mean, eight limbs, and Cupid separated them into two. I hope I'm getting this story right. So that way, the the person, which which later uh, coined the phrase the better half, the person would spend their entire life trying to find the better half other half of them um yeah and then you know it's so he cupid took joy in knowing that people would probably never find their soulmates because you could be here your soulmate could be dead your soulmate could be in asia in africa in Europe, in america in antarctica the north pole and you will never ever meet them so what do we do we settle we settle for someone that we believe i think this will work that's just that's just human nature and i saw a meme the other day that said your summit might have been aborted which is really dark but it's possible anyway so what i am saying is that i see these women all these academic owners you know marry a man with almost nothing to bring to the table and in this family in this relationship this woman pays for the house, pays for the car, pays for the kids' school, because you know school is not free in Africa, we don't have that privilege yet, pays for the school, um, pay, buys the food, pays for the, the workers in the house, takes care of everything, and this man's job is to be a man, and you know, in this relationship, he is still alpha male the sigma i don't know what they call them and he still has unquestionable authority over this person i'm not even being a feminist you guys i'm just calling out something which i find really funny and sad at the same time because if you think about it if you honestly think about it human beings are designed to reject people that they believe are beneath them that's why racism exists. That is why anything-zim exists. That's a fact because we are designed to reject anything we, we believe to be below us. That's just how human beings work. But you would think that with all these great achievements, someone would seek out someone equally intellectually close to them. But it simply doesn't happen. It happens so that they settle for someone who is not only much less ed- wiser, but also someone that's embarrassingly failing at life. And on top of that, they still have all this authority over them. Um, Jane, can you come with us to the party? Oh, I have to check with my husband. I'm not sure if he might like it. He doesn't like me to start all night. Yeah, but why does your husband have so much authority over you? That's... At the office you know you can't let an intern speak back to you then you go home and this man is controlling you and it works both ways like i said i'm not a feminist it works both ways similarly we can have a woman who is very toxic as the the kids are saying these days who is very toxic who is very unhelpful in a certain relationship and she's wearing the pants in the relationship which brings me to the th- conclusion that being in a relationship of an amorous nature is something very interesting because the kind of shit <laughs> i'm sorry for the language but so what this is my show the kind of shit people are willing to go through in the name of love is incredible it's incredible and every day i pray to god if there is a god i pray to god that it never ever happens to me or to someone i love in ex- in its extremities and it can get extreme i know people that have been pushed to their limit that have been forced into conceiving over and over again in the name of love, with zero regard for their health, for their wants, for their well being, because of what society has deeply ingrained in our heads that this is how it's supposed to be. I put the question to you then: what do you think? Who should wear the pants in the relationship? Or is the wearing the pants concept? Should it even be a thing? Uh, we can't. We can't sit here and deny superiority, or things like that. Equality is an ideal, but let's. I think we can try to get something close to that. <laughs> you know where equality fails. What I think everyone should expect is mutual respect, at the very least. When we are in rooms with people we do not agree with, and you know, this is something I've seen a lot, especially right now that I'm living in England, the British people are awfully polite. You will never know if they're genuine about anything. You can't know. Everyone calls you love, darling, honey. They laugh at you. They smile at you, but they may not even like you. They may be saying the most horrible things behind your back, but we're so politically correct. With everything around us with um with the people we don't necessarily like we just want to keep the peace to keep the harmony i'm saying let's bring that mutual respect because i'm not talking about fake politeness because fake politeness doesn't equal respect but i'm saying that in a world where we fail to agree that either the man or the woman should wear the pants because that is a debate that simply cannot be won how about ladies and gentlemen and all the other genders (laughs) how about we instead you know try to stay in relationships where we feel that we are giving and we are also getting that's what i'm trying to say is that controversial is that weird for me to say is that weird for me to put it out there i don't know but i wanted to say that so that was it for relationship talk have a lovely rest of the week yeah cool right i would like to preface this segment by saying that i personally simply cannot watch horror movies i cannot explain why but I just can't i can't stomach it i just don't like scaring myself and um you know throughout my time um my friends the people i have interacted with i've met people who simply love horrors and they love the thrill the adrenaline the i don't know what it is i just don't get it i'm sorry like i remember being in high school or i don't know if it's called middle school or we just call it secondary school we did the british old british system anyway and so what used to happen was after exams in the last days of the term we had something they called lousing week which was what happened and we would not have classes not have any official school activity and basically just chill and the school would have arranged movie nights at night it was the year two thousand eighteen, I think, either two thousand eighteen or two thousand nineteen, and so the movie *The Nun* had just come out, and you know, my friends and I and my cube mates carried our blankets. We go for movie night, and you know, movie night used to happen in the yard of the girls' dormitories. There was like this open space, so we would lay our blankets like down, and then the the movie would be projected on a screen so i sit next to my girlfriend you know and we're like yeah we're here for the movie blah 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 and the movie starts the nun so the nun essentially is about a demon that lives in a convent i don't remember the plot properly but it's in that line it's demonish and so there's this nun and other priests that come to visit the church only to figure out that those nuns are not actually nuns they're demons blah 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 that's the storyline i remember watching this movie and thinking um and you know everyone was like that's not a horror movie it's not even scary it's not that scary and i said that as well i was like it wasn't scary what a waste of our time and i'm i kid you not i couldn't sleep at night i said i made so much noise about how not scared i was and i just couldn't sleep at night i was so stressed i was sweating i was losing weight like i cannot explain the amount of fear that paralyzed my body like i went home after that and i could not sleep with the lights off i was terrified of the dark in extreme forms like i had extreme fear and it was then that i realized you know horror movies just are not for me and then, I watched this comedy special, um, the the comedy special by my fav one of my favorite comedians, anyway, Andrew Schultz. And so Andrew Schultz, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Andrew Schultz said that you know women are so women love watching uh true crime. I can't quote his his joke properly, but the essence of it was that women love watching crime um true crime shows and documentaries. And at that time he was talking about ted bundy uh the ted bundy documentary and so i thought i, I thought how oh, that makes a lot of sense because i for one i enjoy the occasional you know serial killer and which made me think that's really weird because horror movies f- are fiction they're fictionalized ex- exaggerated demonic stories and yet I cannot watch a horror, but I can watch a real life horror story about a serial killer or someone who did very horrible things. And so I thought to myself, what does that say about me? And so I'm going to pull up something off of Google right now. I basically typed into Google, why do people like watching horrors? I mean, and it said some research indicates that people with a higher sensation seeking trait i.e. a strong need to experience thrill and excitement tend to seek out and enjoy horror-related experiences more um i feel attacked (laughs) because i never really i'm not i wouldn't say i'm a thrill person this is off topic but i don't care this is my show i never go for i've never felt the urge to like oh let's go out let's stay up all night or do any of the rebellious teenage things people usually do I tend to find comfort in consistency and stability. And when people ask me, what do you do for fun? I don't like to say, because it doesn't sound like fun. I do things like read or write or meditate. I started praying recently. (laughs) I'd taken a break from the whole prayer thing, but you know, that's another story. Uh, I watch shows and watch series, obviously, as an artist, I need to watch these things. But other than that, I am not a fan person. Like, you cannot say to me, let's go to the club. I am not going to dance from 11 a.m. to morning. That is just not who I am. I will be hyped for some songs. First of all, I listen to very oldie songs or very um, R&B, slow blues that's my vibe uh, Sam Smith Adele ish do you know what I mean and so if you invite me out to the club I will not have fun I'm just going to put it that way I will sip. I will enjoy one two three songs and then i would, uh, my head I'll be like I want to go home I want to go home so is that why I don't like horror movies I don't know this I just wanted to put that thought out there um but on a more serious note according to Harmonia Mentis Watching horrific images can trigger unwanted thoughts and feelings and increased levels of anxiety and panic. And that brings me to what I'm talking about today and the question of the day is do monsters in films and fiction make us imagine the worst about ourselves? Huh So one of my favorite, uh, documentaries and i honestly believe it's one of the best made documentaries out there is surviving r kelly i recommend this documentary to every person out there especially if you're a woman or if you have a daughter or if you know any woman because it's very eye-opening on the reality of um sexual assault and brainwash that is very very you know significant especially in among, among women it mostly happens among women yeah um so this this uh documentary basically explores the musician robert kelly who is currently in prison actually he's serving time because he was later found guilty for his crimes and so what robert kelly did is he exploited his position as a celebrity and as a public figure and someone that was highly idolized in the black community and he used that position uh, and he was a huge success. If you don't know who R. Kelly is, you do, you just don't know it yet. He sang, I believe I can fly. He sang the storm is over. That's when that I go storm is over Storm." That's R. Kelly. Um, he sang lots of songs. He was a big hit back in the day. R. Kelly used to kidnap girls as if with their consent, cause he didn't necessarily locked them up but he did it emotionally and he was doing unexplainable things and these were kids they were 15 year olds Aaliyah was 15 years old there was 17 year olds 16 year olds this man was a sick pedophile and as i watched i was so interested in it not in a sadistic way but i was so intrigued with this man and the thing about documentaries is they always have a a psychologist on board who explains the psychologist part a uh, part of it who goes like oh you know he was traumatized as a child so later it manifested in his adulthood blah, blah 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 and that was interesting for me to watch very educational um of course it's extremely unfortunate for the people that happen to because when you're watching true crime as you're being entertained it's important to remember that these are real life stories and these are real families and these are real people um, I thought about OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson possibly got away with the biggest um, murder case of our time. I wasn't born but I'm going to say our time. OJ Simpson was acquitted of murder of his wife and her lover. And he had, a do- the, I watched the documentary The People Versus OJ Simpson, very insightful in that regard. But most relevantly, is the most current series on Netflix, Dharma, about the man Jeffrey Dharma. Jeffrey Dharma was a complex, mentally ill patient who uh, sought out men, specifically homose- in a homosexual way, sought out men, lured them to his house under the pretext of, you know, taking a bunch of photos and giving them money for it Um, and while they were there, well, he murdered them and ate their body parts and kept their corpses and did all these horrific things to them. I remember seeing these clips all over TikTok, all over YouTube. And my friends were asking me, have you watched Dharma? Have you seen Dharma? And I thought to myself, I need to see what this show is about. And I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not even lying. I did not make it beyond episode two. I feel like I reached my peak (laughs) with that show. It was so dark. It was so dark. I was like, I don't think it's healthy for me to consume this content. So I stopped. And then that in a way inspired this episode in some ways sorry because it got me thinking it got me thinking about all the things i've enjoyed in the literature i consume you know most of the time in the literature we read in all these books we see villains but when you hear the villain side of things you begin to empathize with them it begins to make sense growing up we watched bollywood like that was a thing my sister and my sisters and i we watched z world we were addicts we watched z world so much there was a point in my life where i was watching soaps from 7 a.m to midnight non-stop back to back soap after soap and i was so interested in these things and most of them had the same plot line but it was interesting nonetheless and you know We'd always find ourselves rooting for, like, the the hero to win and the villain to perish. But I remember being particularly intrigued with the villains and how their minds worked and how they were always one step ahead of the heroes in the movie and the heroines. And, you know, I thought to myself today before I before I came to do this show, this episode, I thought how does that reflect on me as a person do I see myself in them also the person that wrote this character this character was written and they were inspired by something do I see that in myself I think that's a really interesting thing to ask yourself and um yeah I just it just got me thinking I just I thought it was really interesting because as humans, we are designed to crave sadism. I'm t- I'm going to word this properly. I'm going to word this better. I truly believe that every single one of us has one sadistic bone in them. One part of them that wishes to see bad things happen. Do you know what I mean? Bad things happen to other people because deep down we have that i'm glad it's not me kind of thing which is why it's so interesting and to watch um and i'm not i'm not a psychopath you guys i know you also feel these things please tell me you also feel these things we consume you know on the media things like these people are in a war these people are dying of course these are true realities these are actual things that are happening we don't plan for these things to happen but In what ways does continuous consumption of things like that begin to truly affect us? Because, um, I have a very Zen mother. She's very meditation, yoga, Buddha kind of person and she always always says to me do not consume things you want you don't want to manifest in your life because your brain is like a sponge she always says that your brain absorbs whatever you give it it does not know how to select what's good and what is bad and so i just think that's something important to remember uh anytime You, you find comfort in horrors, in watching horrible things happen. Please ask yourself why? And also, what does this do to me? Doesn't this, in some way, it has to catch up with you. It has to manifest itself in your real life. I don't think you can continuously expose yourself to horrible, gruesome things and turn out. Okay. And so, you know, I think that when we see these horrible people doing horrible things on movies, on shows and books, it truly and truly awakens the best in us, the bad person in us. That is my genuine belief. Um yeah but you know just just let me know That was just i just thought about saying that like this podcast is random thoughts shower thoughts uh yeah i think that's really good that's really insightful um so moving on that was just the first segment moving on to the next the next part relationship talk um yeah moving on And that is all I have to say about that. Well, welcome to the end of the episode. And that has been it for today. And, you know, see you soonest. Because, you know, you never know when the next episode is dropping. And also, you know, thanks for staying to the end. And um, I think some really important things were tabled today and discussed. And, you know, with that in mind, have a good night, have a good day, have a good afternoon, whatever time it is where you live. And uh, yeah, see you next time. This is What The Fuck Africa with Pixie and Granny. Stay tuned. Don't forget to follow, like, rate, review, comment, subscribe, everything. And yeah, take care.